0: what is better than this it's a guy being a dude here at the draft dudes podcast I'm Kyle Krabs, your solo host for the day. Joe continues his baby sabbatical. Not with us this week here in Mobile, Alabama, which means he does not get the privilege of sitting in and talking about all of the quote-unquote action the Detroit Lions have given us of two days of practice. Um, We got a lot of stuff to get into today on the show. I am down here in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, sitting here in the hotel lobby, so if you get a little background music, just enjoy the ride. Uh, plenty of narratives that we've seen start to, to play out or preconceived notions of players that have either been proven to be correct or incorrect, and I'm really looking forward to diving into those today. And we're going to go through team and unit. So north, offense, north defense, south offense, south defense. And talk about what I've seen from some of the prominent names on all fronts. Um, Because there's there's interesting players all around, right? But uh, there's players that have more at stake than others when you consider the... uh, the quality of the offensive position of, of Jordan Love and, and what he has to gain from uh, a strong performance. And that is where I want to start. North team quarterback, North practice first yesterday, the Detroit Lions. And uh, Jordan had a better day yesterday than what he did on Tuesday, which is good. That's, that's exactly what you want to see a lot of times with the guys who aren't the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world. Okay, you know, can you take the coaching and can you apply it and can you be more crisp with your decision making? And, and Jordan did all those things. Uh, Jordan made more quick decisions and got the ball out fast. Uh, I thought he identified leverages and opportunities inside of, of ten yards pretty well, and uh, threw the ball well. You know, the arm talent's always been there. The athleticism's always been there for Jordan, and uh, he has successfully strung together two practices where now the arrow's pointing up. And coming into today, Thursday, uh, the third day of practices before the game, uh, he'll need to put the exclamation point on it, which I expect he will do, because I do think he is a potential first-round quarterback that somebody can buy into, and if you can develop him and, and surround him with playmakers that suit his style, which is a lot of times getting off script and extending plays, and then you you build around him the structure in the quick game, where he did a lot of what he did yesterday, which was the quick decisions inside 10 yards, you can get a really exciting football player out of that. Uh, so Jordan Love, arrow pointing up. Another name with the arrow pointing up, which will come to no surprise to anybody who watched even the highlights of practice yesterday, is Denzel Mims, the Baylor wide receiver. He's tall. He's leggy, he's physical, he's got good ball skills. Uh, he's really sufficient vertically in what he's able to do, tracking the ball and, and altering his pace so that he's underneath the ball as it's running downfield. Mims is nice. you know. And, I, and Mims is a guy coming into this week I knew fairly well, but I had not written his final eval. And I would imagine if you had written his final eval before this week, Mims has left a lasting impression on you that might prompt you to go back and just look for some things that you missed. And I was talking with uh, Dre Harris, who is one of our scouts here at the, the Draft Network, who worked seven years in Kansas City with Chiefs. And uh, we were having this exact same conversation about you know, some some guys and you know, going back and making sure that you're able to go back and rewatch, but not just giving them the benefit of the doubt based on an all-star event or an athletic test. So there's some context required there. There's some, some added focus uh, when it comes to uh, the re-evaluation. Uh, but me not having MIMS, I now fall into a different bucket where if I haven't written him up, and I have to write him up, I need to make sure I'm not counting his plus skills, which is vertical ball skills, uh, contested catchability, what he's able to do at the catch point. I can't count that twice just because I've seen it. And it made such a strong impression on me here at the senior pool uh, Another name that I thought popped well yesterday was, uh, Ben Bredesen from Michigan. I thought he's had two rock solid reps, uh, here at the event. He, uh, Got a nice rep in the pass rush one-on-ones against Jason Strobridge from the UNC, who we're going to talk about in a minute when we talk about the defensive side of things, just because uh, Strobridge has been phenomenal this week. And Bredesen uh, gave him a really, really nice rep where uh, he had was left guard. He kind of fought off an inside club, then used his inside hand ride Strobridge out, locked him out, showed good foot quickness to ride a guy, Strobridge, who was right around 260, and ride him up the field. So uh, Bredesen is a player who I liked coming into the week. I've written him up. I think he's a mid-round guy. I think he's a starter at the, at the pro level. So to see him put together two solid practices in an environment the Senior Bowl, which does not lend itself very well, too offensive linemen because there's so much space for defensive guys to work, and a lot of the one-on-one reps. You know that that's not the that the raw, true rep you're going to be able to get uh, at the NFL level when you're playing in games. So offensive linemen are set up to fail. And to see Bredesen string together two successive practices where he looked exactly like I thought he would based on his film, that's a win for him. But defensively, there's some talent on this Detroit roster. Let me tell you right now. Josh Uche from Michigan is the guy right now with how explosive he is, how well he changes direction, how fluid he is in space. Uche is going to be a riser, and uh, he gives you a little bit off the edge, at least based on his build, his speed to power, explosiveness, his first step quickness. He's got a little bit of Yannick Ngakwe in him. I'm not calling him Yannick Ngakwe because he does a really, really nice job of uh, working out in space. You know, he played some reps in t- against tight ends and uh, one-on-ones and had more success than I think you you wouldn't put Yannick in that situation. So that makes him like a really fascinating player for the fact that he is capable of playing in inside of 15 yards and playing man-to-man coverage against guys. So... Exciting football player Josh Uche, and uh, I know Michigan kind of had like this very crowded room of defensive ends. And K. Woody Pay went back, and uh, ninety-seven—I can't remember that kid's name—but he's going to be a star someday. Just watching him, Michigan—he's always flashing on tape. Uh, So Uche, uh, I think, has an opportunity as like a Sam linebacker to to be an impact defender. So expecting him to be a top seventy-five, top one hundred caliber selection when it's all said and done. He won't be for everybody because the measurables weren't great as far as his size, and some teams are just going to strike him off for that and say, well, we can't draft him early, but uh, he's got the skills to make it work. A couple of the defensive ends that I thought stood out in a good way, Bradley and I from Utah stood out yesterday, Trayvon Hill from Miami stood out yesterday, Uh, Laryl Murchison had a really good day yesterday. He beat Matt Hennessy in a one-on-one. Hennessy was at guard, so we can't ding Hennessy too much and Hennessy's probably lost six reps all week so uh beating Hennessy really caught your attention because uh Hennessy's been phenomenal all week the temple into your offensive lineman and, and Murchelson got him with a, like a little club move uh pushing up the field he showed out well in the one-on-ones and the inside run drills uh, Murchelson Definitely making noise. I don't think he's a, on the caliber of guys like Neville Gallimore who are here. Uh, I mentioned Jason Strobridge, who's a bit of a hybrid athlete. He played around 270 or so for North Carolina and got a lot of run inside. He's he's lower than that now. Uh, so might end up being just a true edge, but he's still getting pass rush reps on the inside. And he looked good as well. You know, he's uh, heavy hands. Linear release is really good. Uh my question for Strobridge now is okay, if we put you in scenarios where you have to get wet, how do you show in those situations? So, looking forward to hopefully getting some clarity here uh, before the, the week is done in Mobile. Uh, linebackers, I thought Evan Weaver and Zach Bond had nice days yesterday for the North defense. Weaver on the inside run drills uh, was constantly at the line of scrimmage on the ball carrier. It's really impressive to watch. Uh, and the defensive backs. I thought Troy Pride Jr. strung together two really nice practices. But the name that really stood out to me is the Iowa corner, Michael Ojemudia, who had a really nice day yesterday. Uh, he came in this week at six foot, one hundred ninety nine pounds, and thirty two and 8 inch arms. Uh, the only like only play that was made at his expense was Denzel Mims on like a high-point vertical target, 40-plus yards downfield, in which Mim simply elevated and had the opportunity to collect himself and ID the ball, and Ojemudia caught it a little late and wasn't able to get himself set to elevate and go attack the football. Uh, he moves really well. Ojemudia does. Uh, for a guy as dense and as long as he is, I'm excited at, at what I've seen from him this week in a crowded corner class. This might be another guy, just based on the movement skills and how fluid he is. And he's smart. He played at Iowa, and and Eric Turner of Cover One uh, put out a, a clip of him talking with Michael during the press availabilities and asked him about uh, different techniques in his offense and why they ran it that way. And you know he he understands uh, the concepts of of pre snap versus post snap perception from a quarterback and how to lie to him effectively with press bail bail technique was something that Eric talked to Michael about and he he talked pretty openly about and then uh, some of their their coverage concepts as far as when they're going to run swap and when they're not going to run swaps and and pattern match versus just play true zone so uh, impressive all around checked a lot of boxes and Oshmoudia isn't a name that I've had a chance to watch again this week. So again, I'm going to fall into the same bucket that I fell into with Denzel Mims, which is don't count it twice, but you're really excited about what you've seen so far from Ojemudia. And he set a very high standard for me that when I go back and watch his tape, I'm going to expect to see a lot of the same fluidity and quick decision-making and stickiness in coverage when he's playing in the trail position. So that was the name from the, the South... Or the North roster yesterday that really jumped out at me over on the south side Justin Herbert is obviously the star of the show he is the big name he's got the most to gain by getting a team to fall in love with them throughout the course of this week and let's just say it he's very clearly the best quarterback here and he's got phenomenal arm talent his ability to push the ball to all levels of the field uh is terrific. The zip comes in off the ball. He's got a live arm. Uh, he is athletic. He's got a lean build, but he's got a prototypical size build. And uh, I thought again yesterday, he was crisp with the decision-making. I didn't, I didn't have any exceptions with anything that he did. Steven Montez, the quarterback from Colorado, had Some struggles yesterday, and and that came at the expense of Jalen Hurts kind of stabilizing his performance uh, to put Montez at the bottom of the North or the South quarterback. So, uh, Hurts is still a guy for me that I'm going to struggle with as far as uh, what his true ceiling is. He's a phenomenal leader, he's a phenomenal character, he's a phenomenal worker, and he's a phenomenal athlete. But he's 6'1, 210, or 218, I should say. And uh, he's going to have to go to an offense that's willing to to let his athleticism shine. Uh, because if you ask him to work within the pocket and make full field reads and throw with confidence and throw with accuracy in those scenarios, that's not where he wins. And that was something that we talked about as a group collectively here. Uh, the Draft Network talking about Jalen is, well, it's pretty pretty apparent pretty quick that, you know, Jalen's decision to transfer to Oklahoma makes a ton of sense in the context that that offense at Oklahoma keeps Jalen out of those problem areas in his game and allows him to be a guy who's going to have schemed open throws and pretty quick reads because the first read's going to be there and what Lincoln's able to craft up for him and a lot of athleticism extended plays. So that's where Jalen wins. That's where Jalen's going to have to win the next level. I think anybody who's going to expect Jalen Hurst to suddenly become a 65% completion passer uh, has unrealistic expectations on what his ceiling is, what he does well, and what he does not do well. I was impressed with Eno Benjamin yesterday, but mainly because of what he did in the past blocking drills. Eno came in a lot smaller than what we expected. He came in at like 5'9", 195 I was expecting at least two ten with the way that he runs, how physical he is. But he was fearless in the pass blocking drills. And he was sticking guys with pads, he was giving good effort. And that's where you can get a good evaluation of a running back uh, here at this event is the peripheral areas of the game because you know you're not tackling live. You're really not. You are thudding and but but nobody's, you know, piling up on guys and jumping on the pile. So uh, it's a lot of new players working together. So the vision of a back can, can flash a little bit as far as you know, being able to create on his own if there's miscommunications up front. But pass catching drills and pass blocking is where backs make their, their mark here at the All-Star events. And I think Eno's done the best job of that out of any of the backs here this week to really kind of make a statement in that regard. Lloyd Cushenberry had a great day. Again, this week uh, he continued to to lock horns with Kinlaw, and it was like watching two bighorn sheep just crash heads together. Uh, but it was a stalemate, and the stalemate in that scenario, especially versus what Kinlaw did to everybody else, is a win for Cush. Uh, so Cush and Barry with Tyler Beattis having a really disappointing film, Creed Humphrey going back to school, Cush and Barry stands to along with Matt Hennessey, the Temple kid on the the North roster. Uh, Hennessey and Kinlaw really stand, or Hennessy and Cushenberry really stand to uh, help themselves from a draft stock perspective because they look to be pro ready interior offensive linemen who have football intelligence. They play the center position. They're different players. Cush is much more of a, a heavy anchor than Hennessy is. Hennessy's more of a, a stereotypical center, and Cush has uh, some rare anchor ability for one on ones against. Uh, interior defensive lineman as a center. But Cush was the best offensive lineman on the South roster, and he was the first day as well, which is really, really exciting uh, to see him kind of step up to the plate. I would also give a shout to Ben Barch, uh, the St. John's kid. He has come in and absolutely looks the part of a mid-round NFL offensive line prospect. Is he still a little raw in some areas? Yeah, He is. Is he still a guy at St. John's that's probably going to have to acclimate and and adjust himself for level of competition? Yes, he is. But for him to come in and not have this moment be too big for him is huge for his stock and his status. Finally, we have to talk about a couple guys on the South Defensive side of the football, Javon Kinlaw obviously being the standout here. Dan Jeremiah just put Kinlaw at seven on his most recent updated top 50 big board, which, you know, I really don't know how much I can argue with. Kinlaw won't be seven on mine, but I get it. <laughs> Kinlaw is a really inspirational story if you hear his background and what he— uh, the. The hurdles that he cleared in his life and growing up and and being homeless at one point and what he did to survive and then how he's been able to stabilize his life. And he just had a little girl and and what he wants to impress upon her. He's an impressive individual. So from a a work ethic issue, you know who you're going to get from a guy who who has a motivation to succeed and and not want to... Have his, his children experience the things and struggles that he had to deal with in life? Kinlaw's motivated, and Kinlaw's also really powerful. He's a prototypical build. He is really explosive. He's got heavy hands. He meets your length requirements. And I think Kinlaw's going to be a guy that surprises, but I would not be surprised to see Kinlaw make a push into the top 15 of the draft. Minnesota was a really popular spot, and if he's there, it's a no-brainer for them. But I don't know if he makes it now. I mean, there, there are several land or several hurdles in the, the teens that Kenlaw I could see being a realistic fit to. I mean, what's the ceiling? I think the ceiling might be Tampa Bay at fourteen. You might be able to make a case for Cleveland at at ten. Maybe. but but Ken Law is going to be in high demand and what he brings to the table from off the field and on the field and and the motivations that he has is really impressive to watch. Uh, Tara Lewis uh, from Alabama has done well this week. Uh, He's, I don't think he meets the the freak athlete uh, that some people have pegged him with. Uh, I haven't seen like Wow, he's unbelievable out in space. I can't believe he can do that. Like Brian Burns was like that at Florida State last year. Uh, But Lewis has great length, great physicality, and good first step off the edge. And he had a strip stack yesterday in practice. He stripped Stephen Montez. So that was one of the splash plays of the entire day's practice yesterday at Wednesday. And Lewis has done well to elevate himself Amongst the other edge rushers here, in my opinion, I think he's definitely separated himself from Anthony Jennings, who uh, was interested to see how much on-ball versus off-ball he would get, and he just doesn't look to have the same juice as what Lewis does. So now, obviously, medicals become the question for him, and if he clears those, then we're good. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, one of our guys here at TDN pegged the last guy I want to talk about, Kyle Duggar, as the big winner of the day yesterday. Uh, for the South defense with what he was able to do at practice. And Duggar's been on people's radar for f- being a freak athlete and versatility that he brings. And he might be a safety for some guys. And he might be a linebacker for other guys. Uh, but seeing him on the field, it's the same thing with Ben Barch, the St. John's offensive lineman. Seeing Duggar have success and be the freak athlete that we were told he was amongst the best senior prospects in the country certainly eases your mind on who he is, what he can bring to the table, and the kind of impact that he can have early on in his career. Uh, There is plenty more to dig into, but I do want to give Joe the opportunity uh, to dig into uh, the practice cut-ups and when we have the reps on film so we'll be able to watch them together and and make sure that – Uh, He can get some takeaways of his own, so I'm not going to give too deep of a dive because I want Joe here for that because I know that that engaging conversation could be helpful for you guys as well. So uh, come back. See us again tomorrow. I'm going to do something different tomorrow. I think you guys will enjoy it. I'm going to tease you with it so that you come back and see it. It's going to be a solo pod, but it's going to be a really fun conversation, and I'm looking forward to having you guys back to hear it. So I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for tuning in to Draft Dudes Podcast. I will be back tomorrow. Joe will be back on Monday, and we're going to have a great weekend with the Senior Bowl this weekend, the Pro Bowl this weekend, if you're into that kind of thing. And real quick, one other thing that we have going on is if you are in Mobile, Please come by our tailgate for the Senior Bowl on Saturday, sponsored by Bud Light Seltzer, which we're really excited about. We're going to have the, the Bud Light Seltzer, new Bud Light Seltzer product for you guys to sample if you are in town for the game want to come by. We're going to have some games. We're going to be interacting with fans. Uh, and it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, going to be a great opportunity to meet some of uh, the TDN staff, talk about the Senior Bowl, and enjoy Bud Light's new product, Bud Light Seltzer. Uh, they got four different flavors. We're going to be crafting a big board for Bud Light Seltzer. Uh, their new their new uh, flavors, we're going to rank them as well, myself and Paige Demacos. So uh, our taste buds will be put to the test, uh, but rest assured, they are all first-round picks at the end of the day. So come on out to the Bud Light Seltzer tailgate uh, with us here at the Draft Network on Saturday. If you're in town for the Senior Bowl, let's hold on to this football while we have it. Let's enjoy it. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.